The Green Bay Packers get a crucial win, not because they're worried about playoff seeding, but because you can't no-show against a bad team with a backup quarterback. They took care of business, which is a step in the right direction for this baby Packers team. We're going to talk about it on our live YouTube show right now. You are locked on Packers. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers your first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. And today's episode brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. No, it wasn't pretty. In fact, it was sloppy. The Packers turned the ball over twice. They had two fourth and one conversions wiped off the board because they couldn't get lined up. They had a sack taken off the board because they couldn't get lined up. These sorts of mistakes are still happening. But, but this defense without Russell Douglas, without Quay Walker, and without for half the game Kenny Clark, absolutely dominated this football game. Three points allowed. Just 187 total yards allowed. 3.4 yards per play. A pair of turnovers. It could have been, frankly, even better. They had a couple. Carrington Valentine had an interception go right through his hands at the end of the game. But what you got from this Packers defense was exactly what you needed in a spot like this against a backup quarterback. I, like, I understand it's easy to be cynical about this. But how many of you, just like, let's give me a show of hands for those of you listening after the fact and those of you on the stream live. How many of you over the course of the week tweeted something snarky about the Packers making Brett Rippon look like a Hall of Famer? Because I saw plenty of those tweets. Like, there were a lot of fans going, well, I guess this they're just going to look like, you know, they're going to look great against us because they always do. You don't get to do both. You don't get to act all week like, oh, Brett Rippon is going to be the second coming of Kurt Warner and then be like, well, it's just a backup quarterback. The Packers can't win in a situation like this because it is a backup quarterback, which is why you have to go out and be impressive. And the Packers had allowed 150 Yards of offense, in fact, fewer than 150 yards, late, 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 late into the fourth quarter, basically until the last Rams drive, they had allowed fewer than 150 yards. Just 10 first downs in this game, 3.4 yards per play. As I said, just 24 minutes and 44 seconds of time of possession. The defense dominated. 
They dominated. And, and that's what Jair Alexander giving up a 30-yarder on one of the first drives. I thought, eh, like, that looked like he looked a little stiff. I think, in retrospect, maybe more the footing because there were a, a lot of other times in the game where he looked like Jair Alexander. And so he said before the game that he has been is, is as healthy as he has been. And perhaps the most encouraging thing is how good all of these young players looked. I mean, Carrington Valentine, in his first start as a preferred starter, there were, you know, he's filling in for Jerry Alexander in previous in previous games. This was the first game where it's like Carrington Valentine, you are the starter for the Green Bay Packers, the preferred starter, the number one guy on the depth chart at your position. Jerry Alexander, of course, is still cornerback one. He has three pass breaks up. He tackled well, almost had the interception at the end. He plays spectacularly against Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup and, and a, frankly, really dynamic receiver room, irrespective of who is throwing the ball. That's a good performance from Carrington Valentine. You get a terrific set of performances from your young front players. Lucas Van Ness had a couple impact plays, a TFL, and a QB hit where he absolutely smashed Brett Rippon. He is on the Rashawn Gary path, if I've ever seen it. He's playing solid against the run, physical, and then when he gets an opportunity to hit somebody, he is going to make you feel them. That was the number one Rashawn Gary trait. Didn't always know where to be, didn't exactly know how to play, but man, if, if he was going to come try and hit you, he was coming with bad intentions. Carl Brooks, two passes defensed in this one, batted balls at the line of scrimmage, also created a tackle for loss. He was everywhere in this game. Colby Wooden had the fourth down stop of the game, basically ended the game in, in all but name. When he comes in on fourth and two and makes a terrific play in the backfield, this was a running team that was, I believe, fifth in EPA per play, EPA per rush. Daryl Henderson, 10 for 19. Royce Newman, 12 for 32. If not for Brett Rippon, this is an even worse running day than it was. 2.6 yards per carry on 26 carries. That's the run defense. That's good business. And to see it with so many inexperienced players, so many rookies, you've got Isaiah McDuffie in there. By the way, Isaiah McDuffie is a player. He had two TFLs in this game, played. When he fires his guns, he can come downhill and really make plays. You've got Anthony Johnson Jr. comes up with the interception, rookie. So there is so much to like about what you're seeing from this Packers young defense. I know we were, there was a lot of talk about, you know, the young offense and the, and the growing pains and all those things. But it doesn't matter that it's a backup quarterback. Like, look around the league. Look around the league. Josh Dobbs with five minutes of preparation, won a game on Sunday. Tyson Bajant had the Bears competitive in a game against the Saints. Now they lost, but he was competitive in that game. He was 18 of 30 for 220 and two touchdowns. Now he ends up throwing a handful of interceptions in the second half, but that offense was like competent. So don't, I, I kind of don't want to hear the backup quarterback stuff. Because a lot of teams on a given week play a backup quarterback and they lose. Like the Giants have won games with Tyrod Taylor. The Titans have been competitive with Will Levis, won a game last week, rookie. 
backup. They're winning games. So, like, on a, on a certain level, I kind of don't want to hear about it. Sean McVay is still on the opposite sideline. Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup were still on that other team. It's still a, a really well, generally well-coached, well-designed offense. You have to go out and actually beat them. And the Packers didn't just go out and beat them. They dominated them. And to get so many of your key performances, like, yeah, Jai Alexander had the tip that turns into the interception. But, I mean, this was so many of your young guys, this rookie class coming up, that it just has to get you excited about where the growth can be, not just this year, but moving forward for this defense. It was a much-needed defensive performance. It was the kind of defensive performance we thought we'd see earlier in the season. And they're they're allowing less than 20 points over the course of the season. Like, that's that's good. And certainly over the last month, they've they've played really solid defense for the most part. If the offense can get them back, now you're now you've got a, a real NFL team, a real NFL team. They took a step toward becoming that in this game. We're going to talk about it in just a second here on Locked On Packers. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available? That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and ultimately hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality, quality and qualified candidates versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. Locked On is kicking up its NFL coverage with Locked On NFL Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On NFL YouTube channel. That includes Locked On Packers. Host Anitra Batiste, Jarvis Davis, and Kyle Krabs will break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchups, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and more. Plus, get the in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts, that's me, across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff Live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern on Locked On NFL on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. This offense started to get things going from an identity standpoint. We saw it right away. There were varied personnel groups. We saw more two running back sets. We saw some three tight end looks or however you want to, you know, qualified Josiah DeGuara. We saw more motion, orbit motion, jet motion, return motion. We saw the swing motion from the backfield. We saw them run uh, a jet pass to Aaron Jones. We saw them run an end around to Jaden Reed. We saw them run the special in the low red zone for the touchdown. This was the version of the offense we expected to see, and it's all predicated on 
staying on schedule, running the ball. 38 carries for 184 yards in this game. Now, yes, 43 of those came from Emmanuel Wilson, but Aaron Jones, 20 for 73 with a touchdown. He wasn't spectacular, had the fumble, but he was solid. A.J. Dillon, 9 for 40, 4.4 yards per carry, plus you get the explosive out of Jaden Reed. That stuff keeps you on track. So there's still, I think, too much conservative stuff early in the down. On first and second down, I'd still like to see a little bit more varied you know, play action. If you're going to run, preferably something a little more creative than some of the just like straight inside zone stuff that they're running, I, I thought they were going to lean more into RPOs. They didn't. Maybe they didn't feel like they needed to. That this was they were going to get the looks that they were going to get, and that's what the, that's what it was going to be, and they didn't need to worry about what it was going to be pre-snap or how it was going to evolve or any of those things. When we thought about what this team was going to look like, when you say this was the best performance since week two probably for them, it looked like what it looked like early in the season. The running game got a little bit back on track. You were able to get some of the underneath passes, just simple, like convert second and five into a first down. Out route, that's where Jordan Love excels. And Jordan Love, you know, for, for all of the wailing and gnashing of teeth and rending of garments that happened in the first half, 20 of 26 for 228 and a touchdown, a 115 quarterback rating. Hits the big play to Christian Watson. Misses the big play to Christian Watson. Yep, I get it. He's open. But made a couple beautiful throws, that three-quarter sidearm delivery to Dontavian Wicks, who's becoming a featured member of this offense. Had four targets, only Aaron Jones had more little three quarter side on delivery sling it. And that's the thing that honestly, that kind of bugs me about some of the baby throws that Jordan love has, where it's just like, dude, you have the arm talent. And then he comes right back the very next play, Luke Musgrave, little sail route. Beautiful. He's wide open. Luke Musgrave, keep your feet one time after you catch the ball and turn up field challenge. He can't do it, but man, he is so big and so fast and he's such a weapon. And in this game, we saw in the open field, he can just turn a two-yard dump off into seven. And like, you know, a lot of tight ends over the course of the last decade in Green Bay could not do that. Like Richard Rodgers was getting the ball two yards downfield and it was a four-yard game because he just wasn't able to do anything with it. It's a different offense when you get all of these guys going. This was the version of the offense. Like I said, six targets for Aaron Jones. He leads the team. You get four to Luke Musgrave, second. And then you get one of the rookies to step forward. Christian Watson. I'd like to see more usage from him on just easy stuff. Like they ran the crossing route, picked up a first down on the very first drive, third down, they get Dontavian Wicks on the crosser. Why is that not Christian Watson? Like he's the fastest guy on the team. They're, they're using him in, in some of the ways that they did in the, the first half of last season, where it seems like he's almost exclusively running downfield, nothing underneath. But part of that also is the limitations of Christian Watson. He's not someone who, like, like Romeo Dobbs, on third and 11, you get a little out up, it's a little chair out, out and up stop. Love rips it, and you get a first down at the end of the, the half. There could have been another three points on the board here for the Packers. 
Like that's a Romeo Dobbs. That's Dontavian Wicks. That's Jaden Reed. That's not really what Christian Watson does. Now, I still think there is an offense you can build around Christian Watson. Yeah, we hope he's okay. He said after the game, he's fine. Reported ribs or chest, back, and concussion protocol. But we don't know, you know, if he if he's in concussion protocol, if he's, you know, what the situation is. It sounded like they didn't, he, they didn't let him speak to reporters because they said he was in concussion protocol. He could wake up tomorrow and be fine. But for Jordan Love to say, you know, the guy that I have the chemistry with is Romeo Dobbs. That's the guy that I look for. I think that says a lot about where this team is. He only had the three, the three targets Romeo Dobbs did, caught all three, and all three of them were consequential plays. Rips that comeback for a first down. Like, I think there's more that they can be doing with Romeo Dobbs. They just didn't throw the ball, frankly, that many times because they didn't have to. The Rams are going to live in too high. So you just have to take what they give you. And in this game, that's running the ball. Now, the Steelers, they're going to play more single high safety. They're going to be a little bit more aggressive. They're going to come after you a little bit more. You have to have a plan for that. And it's got to be better than the plan last year or last week against the Minnesota Vikings. But from an identity standpoint, I really liked what I saw. I thought this was the closest version from a philosophical standpoint of what we thought they would look like over the course of the season. There's still too many boneheaded mistakes. Guys blowing protections. This is by the but this is a coaching problem too. Yash Nyman leaves the game with an injury. But like you have John Renan Jr. who's hurt. He comes back in. But after a driver, Sean Ryan looks awesome. And John Runyon makes the mistake again. Like I understand. I didn't like the I didn't like the calls in either case on the neutral zone infraction thing. But once you get called once, then the second time, you can't push your luck. You can't line up in the same place again. Or it seems like you're going to get called again. Now, I wish the refs would just let them play. It's not that consequential. There were a couple of calls in this game where it's just like, are you, this is really how, we're, how you're going to call this game? Like, come on. But... You have Rashawn Gary loses a sack where he lines up in the neutral zone. Like if he if he's six inches back, he's not in the neutral zone and he still gets the sack. You just can't have these mental mistakes. Those are mental mistakes. And we're still seeing them. It's November 5th as we record this. It's week nine. And, and like Rashawn Gary is not a rookie. John Ryan Jr. is not a rookie. Aaron Jones, fumble. You just can't have that. Like Dontavian Wicks, okay, that's a learning moment. You want to be a bigger part of this offense, and, and I think he deserves it. And and he blocks, man, Christian Watson. I know he had just the one big catch. I was really impressed with him blocking in this game. I know that's like a hipster thing to say, football hipster thing to say, but he wasn't getting the targets. He could have moped. He could have sulked. He didn't. He went out and just blocked his ass off. Just blocked his ass off. That is such a credit to Christian Watson. As someone who has had some criticisms, especially this season, of Christian Watson. I loved to see that. Truly and genuinely loved to see that. So, if they can eliminate some of the... And, you know, they're not going to play in the rain every week. So, you're not going to have the same sort of ball security problems every week. The Wicks one, I think, was just kind of a fluky thing. That, you know, that ball bounces out of bounds 
25 times out of 25. But the 26th time, it bounces inbounds right to a killer Witherspoon. Who, by the way, I would have liked them to see go out a little bit more. He's slow. You have all fast guys like push the ball a little bit more down the field. If you can eliminate some of those just like stupid mind-numbing busts, just make sure on an RPO you run the pass option. Like you have a route on it. Vikings game. Make sure you line up in the right places. Don't false start in the two minute. And then Matt LaFleur, there were a couple times in this game where I just didn't understand what he was doing. There was a situation early in the game, could have picked a long field goal. I believe it would have been a 55 yard field goal. Instead, they line up to try and draw the, the, the Rams off sides. They take the delay instead of taking a timeout and kicking the field goal. They punt. Why? At the end of the first half. Again, this happened just last week. They waste a bunch of time. That's conservative nonsense. Just go. Go try and score. Don't worry about leaving. Don't worry about leaving Brett Rippin time to go score. I know you don't trust your defense, but like, come on. And again, they didn't really have time to do anything because they let time just waste off the clock. They've made some concerted decisions with their kicker this year in kick-go situations. There was another one when it's 10-3. I, like, I understand, I guess, making it a two-score game. It's fourth and two. You've been moving the ball well on the, in the run game. You got to have a play to get two yards. How about the one they called for the, for the touchdown? Like, that's what you have specials for. To get a potential, like, game-sealing touchdown in that spot. So why not do it? Why not do it? Now, the Packers won. That's going to bother some people. I don't care, but we're going to talk about it in a second. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Packers favored for the first time on the final line all season. They covered. They won. They covered all the stuff. I did not have money on it. I did hit a couple others, though. Hit the, hit bucks plus three. I got that at plus three. A lot of people, two and a half. And it was the two-point conversion kneel down. If they just kick, if if the Texans just kick at the end, it's a, it's a push. So two and a half hits because they win by two. Plus three hits. Thank you very much. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets back with hundred with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. It's an app that's easy to use, a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. At a tease on Sunday that as I record this, waiting to see if it comes in, I'm not even going to tell you what it is, but I hit the first half of it. We'll see if I can hit the second half. So visit FanDuel.com. I'll update you on Tuesday. FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Back at it another week. Packers go to Pittsburgh this week. The Steelers coming off a, a mini buy. They are frauds, that team. Frauds. Let's see if the Packers are good enough to beat them. We'll talk about it all this week on Locked on Packers.
Last thing I want to talk about here. There are some fans who wanted the Packers to lose out. Wanted Caleb Williams, wanted Drake May. And look, I get it. You watch these games on Saturday. Michael Penix, who's not even like a top two quarterback, looks incredible. Drake May against our sisters of perpetual sorrow looks incredible. Caleb Williams looks incredible. This Jane Daniels looks incredible. All this is a, an absolutely stacked quarterback class. If these guys come out, JJ McCarthy is a stud. Like there's like five or six guys that I, I would forgive Packer fans for, for saying, I would rather have that guy than Jordan Love right now. I would, I would forgive you for saying that. And then you, you just go to someone like Marvin Harrison Jr. Who is a, you know, probably the best receiver prospect since Calvin Johnson. Like in 15 years, pretty good. I, you know, I don't, I don't like to throw around the generational moniker, but like, depending on what your view of a generation is, like, I think probably if it's the best since Calvin Johnson, then he's probably a generational prospect. I understand being like, I, I would like, I would like that, please. Thank you. There are a couple left tackles in this draft. Joel, the kid from Penn State, whose name I will learn to pronounce by the time we get to the draft. Um, but I have not delved into the draft enough and rarely watch college football with the sound on. So I don't actually know how to pronounce his last name. I apologize to him. I'll learn. I'll learn. I promise. I was saying Jay Sternberger for like the first three months of draft season. And then someone was like, you know, it's not Sternberger, right? Um, no one told Jay said that was, that was true. Um, I don't care about tanking. You can't, you can't tank. You don't tank. Brian Gutekind said it in his press conference last week. You, you don't, you can't, you can't. And to, to the point that I made at the top here, this is a backup quarterback. This is a bad team with a backup quarterback. You've got to win this game and you've got to win this game by 17, which they did. You're trying to build something here. So regardless of who the quarterback is next year, whether it's Jordan Love or someone else, there are a bunch of guys on this team who will be the core of this Green Bay Packers team for a long, long time. You can't just throw games away. You can't just throw seasons away and expect to build winning culture. You cannot do it. You can't roll over against a backup quarterback and have it not deleteriously affect your culture. You just can't. And so, like, you can't tell me that the Atlanta Falcons, like, regardless of the loss, aren't irrevocably worse for having fumbled that game away against Josh Dobbs. Like, they're, like Arthur Smith, trendy preseason thing, what I, we had a talk on this, on this show. Every dayers will remember going back a couple months. I, I did a whole open about how I didn't understand why people thought the, the Falcons offense was going to be so much better than like everyone's like, oh, the Falcons offense is going to be number, you know, a top 10 group and the Packers offense is going to stink. Well, that has not borne itself out. And Desmond Ritter got freaking benched. The vibes in Atlanta seem absolutely horrific. Whereas the vibes coming out of Green Bay right now, especially because they won, are immaculate. 
The offense, they didn't play great, but they played better, almost 400 yards of total offense against a, a pretty formidable Rams defense in terms of Aaron Donald and what they're able to do up front. The back end, it's not very good. I guess it's not very good. It's not it, Overall, it's not a great defense. It's just not. But almost 400 yards of offense, pretty good against anybody. So you have to show up in a game like this. You have to you have to play well. And you can say, oh, well, it's a backup quarterback, but like against a bad quarterback, the Packers lost to the Falcons in the fourth quarter because the defense couldn't get a stop. Against a bad quarterback, a quarterback who lost his job in Las Vegas, they, the Packers took the lead and let Jimmy G score on them to lose that football game. So you can say, okay, it's a backup quarterback, but the defense has not answered the call against those guys this season. They did, and they did it on the backs of their young players. Winning these games and winning them impressively, it, it builds incrementally your football team. And so, like, let's go, let's say you go into Pittsburgh now and get a win. Again, I'm not, I'm not like fast forwarding to the playoffs, but I'm just saying you're four and five. And you feel like you probably should have beat the Falcons. You had chances at the end to beat the Raiders and the Broncos. Those one score games. You're going to be in a one score game against the Steelers because the Steelers only play one score games. Like the next month is hard, but you finish out December at New York for the Giants, the Bucks at the Panthers, at Minnesota, who knows who the quarterback is on New Year's Eve. And then you have the Bears to close out the season. Like that could be five wins right there. The Packers are building something. Doesn't mean they're a playoff team this year. Doesn't mean, you know, any of those things. But they're only a game and a half out of the playoffs right now. So, like, look, I'm again, I'm not, I'm not saying they're going to go make the playoffs, but this stuff matters. Trying to win matters. Now you get to the end of the year and, the, you know, like if they're I'm trying to do the math, like with two games left, if they're six and nine, yeah, like start Sean Clifford, I guess. I guess not six and nine. If they're like four and whatever the math is at that point. What's the math? I don't know. Four and 10. Four and 11. Four and 11, right? No, four. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Is is the reality? <laughs> doesn't matter. Because I don't think they're going to be in that position. There's too many winnable games left on the schedule, but you have to win them. You have to win them. And the Packers did it today. So it's a step in the right direction for this young team. And I think what it does is gives you hope that they can put some things together, play a little bit more consistency, that there is the talent on this team where you can see the vision. You can see the vision for what it could look like. Clean up a couple sloppy penalties, and they could have easily had 28, 30 points in this game. They missed a, a makeable field goal. That would have given them 23. They miss an opportunity at another field goal. One of these other, you know, the bad turnover in, in plus territory from Dontavian Wicks. 400 yards of offense, you probably should score more than 20. 
they need to cut down on those turnovers. But again, you see the vision for what this team could be. All right, back tomorrow. Expert Tuesday. Zayu Duen on Wednesday. We have our crossover on Thursday with Chris Carter from Lockdown Steelers and then an interview coming on Friday. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Lockdown Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live like we are right now with 400 of my closest friends, you can go subscribe to us on YouTube so you can stay Locked On Packers.